And I found that really interesting at the beginning that some of our first interactions with teenage daughter is to basically going through these ethical exercises. We all know the truth. More connects us than separates us. But in times of crisis, the wise build bridges while the foolish build barriers. You raise walls, I destroy them. Let's see who prevails. Just because something works doesn't mean that it cannot be improved. I say we take off and nuke the entire site from orbit. It's the only way to be sure. Allow my sword to join you in the fight against evil. The world needs us to chase dreams. We have to dedicate ourselves each and every single day to this fight because I can't do it alone. You, the people, have the power. The power to create machines. The power to create happiness. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful. To make this life a wonderful adventure. Then in the name of democracy, let us all unite. Welcome to At The Movies with I Am Mother. But my question is, was the cake a lie? (laughs) Wow. That is actually so perfect. So, so perfect. So Paul gets an A for the day. Yep. He won the podcast. We're we're all going home now. Chef's kiss. Yes. I don't even think there's any point. We should just quit. (laughs) Right? Like, what's Uh... the point of going on at this point? Like, we could not say anything as perfect as that. Maybe we should, I don't know, do the podcast the rest of the way. Oh, yeah. I think we should. I guess we'll continue. This will be hopelessly disappointing. But I'm Sean. I'm Alex. I'm Paul. I'm Jen. And we are here today to talk about the Netflix magic film called I Am Mother, starring a number of people you've probably not heard of, but also Hillary Swank. Yeah, I was going to say, if you haven't heard of Hillary fucking Swank, where have you been? And Rose Byrne. Well, I was saying, a few people you, you might be new to you, but uh, but Hillary Swank, hopefully people no! remember. No! Literally one person that might be new to you. Well, that's also because like there are like five characters other than There's babies. three characters. <laughs> three. If, if you count the babies, it's like eight. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I'm not wrong. Everyone knows that babies don't count because they're just made of like Play-Doh. Exactly. <laughs> Although they apparently used real real babies, which was interesting. Aww. So Sounds fake. anyway, but it is it stars Clara Rugard uh, as the character named daughter which i'm sure we'll get into so before i guess we dive into all of the wonders of talking about this film we have to have alex give us some kind of a synopsis about what this movie's about the movie starts out with like we're in some kind of futuristic sci-fi underground lab dormitory facility and it's like one day after the extinction event and there's a robot and it takes like a little baby oh god what are those things like that you get out of the 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 machines when you put a quarter in (laughs) a gachapon and and puts it into a machine and it turns into a baby in like 25 hours because that's how long it takes to microwave a baby properly and then you see there's like a, a really kind of sweet montage of the robot taking care of this baby and like playing music for it and playing with it and and all that. And then the movie kind of gets going 13,000 and some days after the extinction event, which put a pin in that number. A very big pin, because I missed that pin yes. the first time through. This should be the first sign that something is wrong. We we see daughter, who looks like a young adult, like probably 16 or so. Um, and... She's living with the robot, which she calls Mother, and Mother is teaching her and training her, and um, she does exercises, and there are tests that Daughter needs to do, and they have a peaceful, if lonely existence, and Daughter's like, why aren't there more people? And Mother's like, well, I needed to practice to make sure that I could raise one person right before I could have, you know, more babies going, which, you know, is logical. And then, you know, Daughter gets more and more curious about, like, 
outside after um, there's like a power hit and she sees a mouse, which is she's like, holy shit, it's a mouse. And then mother sets it on fire because it might be contaminated, which was very traumatic. And uh, she's like, I want to go outside and look. And mother's like, no, you can't go outside and look. And then daughter's like, fuck it. I'm going to wait till you're recharging and I'm going to go outside and see what's up. But I'm going to be responsible and put on, you know, a containment suit. And then as she's about to go out, somebody starts beating at the door. And that's where I'm going to stop the synopsis because we should probably have a spoiler wall. I was getting worried. (laughs) A very big spoiler wall. Yes. An extinction event level spoiler wall. (laughs) <laughs> uh, that is a fair point yeah so uh before we get into that i suppose we should get some general reactions to what we thought about this film and so i'm gonna go with jen because your mouth opened first while i was talking yeah my bad <laughs> so i'm the one that suggested this film for this podcast because i watched it a couple months ago when it first came out And I found the premise really intriguing. And though it does use some tropes that are really common, obviously, in science fiction, they're presented with the fairly big twist that is going to be my topic of discussion later. Specifically, this is a maternal AI, or presented as such. And that alone had me utterly fascinated with the film and my engagement with it. And I think the acting is fantastic. I think the uh, set design and sort of overall aesthetic was fantastic. And yeah, so I, I suggested it for a reason. I really like the ethical dilemmas that are being explored. And yeah, that's my overall impression. All right, well, great. So you left absolutely nothing else for anybody else, so uh, we will go to Paul. What else is there? (laughs) Well, maybe other people wanted to say stuff, Jen. You're selfish. Mother would be disappointed. Mother would be very disappointed in you. I know. Mother knows best, though, or does she? Mother knows best. I mean, Jen was just looking at the big picture. (laughs) That's a reference. All right, Paul, we'll jump to you. What about your general reactions? So, yes, I was intrigued by the premise right from the start. I noticed that date right off and it not matching, not matching the 16 year old on screen. I was like, well, that's funny. I enjoyed all the allusions and references and visual cues and tie ins to all sorts of things from the good place and the trolley problem to Portal as, as witnessed with uh, my tagline. I kept thinking, oh my God, it's Gladys. It's glad it's Gladys and the and the player character. What the heck is going on here? And especially when we get to spoiler, but there's a mention of a cake. It's like, oh god, they definitely are definitely channeling Portal here. As as Jen said, I really I really love the aesthetics and the cinematography and the look of things, especially outside. I got when they get outside. Okay, that's my, that's a mild spoiler. I, I I kept thinking, oh, okay, this okay, this is where we. Channel Fury Road. It's I I kept I kept seeing all the beats and seeing all the tropes and seeing all the connections and following fo- following following along and really enjoying how this is a really well crafted bit of of science fiction cinema. It's an intimate three person story, really, and it really works on that level for me. I really liked it a lot. Well, great. Uh, thank thank you. Uh, well, I guess we'll jump to you, Alex. What about you? Um, I mean, I, I will say that. You know, one thing I've been saying over the last couple of years is the best science fiction movies that are coming out right now are all independent film. And this does not change my mind on this. I mean, I've got some some stuff I kind of want to discuss that that some of the tropey tropes were a little too tropey for me. But um, the movie really showed the power of having a limited budget on the creativity in a way. Because, you know, obviously they didn't have uh, some kind of massive budget for, like, action set pieces or any of that. And I think the movie was a lot stronger for it because it's very stark. It's very spare. The feeling of isolation in it at times reminded me of Moon. And, like, they did a lot with what they had. And they really kind of pushed the boundaries of what you can do with basically... I mean, the entire film is basically, like, one set and then you know, a few outside shots. So it, 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 they did a really good job and it was, it was a very solid science fiction movie that as far as what it might be contributing to the genre is definitely miles ahead of anything that's going to be like, you know, some kind of block 
blockbuster tentpole movie. And also, you know, all of the actors were pretty rad. Yeah, Hilary Swank is pretty great. I was so worried about what Alex felt about this film after reading (laughs) their rants on Twitter. We're going to get into that a bit later. And I know we're going to get into that, but it's still like, I still feel better that you liked the film. But had the same, actually, you have the same problems that I have with it. So, you know, and this is something that we're going to talk about because there is, and and I'm going to, I'm going to have to be very careful about how I criticize it because there is a difference between criticizing something for it not being all that it could have been as opposed to criticizing it because it's not what you want it, wanted it to be. Right. Mm, Sure. Yeah. If that makes sense. Cause like. Absolutely. You know, and and so I think my critique still falls on the line of it could have been more than it was. But, you know, honestly, I think it did a better job of of examining some of the ethical stuff and, so, you know, playing with some of the dystopian tropes than something that had a much bigger budget and a lot more studio interference and a lot of like, well, we have to find a reason for people to shoot each other or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, 100%. Oh, snap, so to speak. Yeah. (laughs) Well, okay. Uh, so I guess my general reactions, it was good, but I was somewhat underwhelmed about certain aspects of this film. I think it's well cast. I think the set designs are really great. Um, I also really enjoyed what they did with the, the special effects, especially with, uh, with Mother. Um, one of the things I did right off the bat was like, look really closely at Mother because I was trying to figure out how much of it was CG and if it was just like really glossy CG or if it was just really well done, um, creature design. Cause it, it looks really, really real. Uh, so I like that quite a lot. Um, I, I think where I took issue the most was that for me, I kind of saw the twist coming mostly. Mm-hmm. And I, I wasn't, I, I guess. I wanted more ambiguity at the end if they were going that route than I really got. Um, but I don't know. That's, that leans into the kinds of criticism you're talking about where it's like, I didn't get what I wanted. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's like always that question of like, how much of the expectation is what the movie promised me versus how much of it is what I brought into it from my outside perspective. And it's hard to tell sometimes. I think for me, it's very much that latter. And I think it's just that for these kinds of films, I, I don't want to be raising questions that feel like it's leading into like blockbuster kind of like, we're going to do the, the really cool, like flip, flip at the end and go, haha, secrets, uh, which just leads to like sequel territory. Um, yeah. Yeah, the example I would think is like the opposite of this would be like Ex Machina, where the end has a lot of ambiguity because of the questions we ask about Ava and like why she makes the decision that she makes and whether we're supposed to find that terrifying or liberating, etc. But there's no question like she she leaves all those dudes behind and (laughs) she kills some of them uh, and leaves the other dude behind and just goes off into the city. So I like the kind of, and I, I guess for me, I just find those more compelling endings. And for this, it almost did it. And then it, I felt like just got a little of the sequelitis and that, that undercut the ending for me, which I didn't like, which I'm sure we'll talk about in more detail. That said, I feel like I'm being a little bit negative. I think it's a pretty good film and probably one of the best Netflix films mm. that I have seen. Uh, and I've seen quite a few Netflix films. Tent, I got to be honest, kind of are at best underwhelming. Uh, but I wouldn't call most of them very good. Uh, they might be competent, but a lot of times they just feel like this is where you sent the people that you didn't want touching your TV shows. Um, and that's kind of how a lot of them feel. This one did not feel that way. I thought it was a fairly well done film. And I think... Um, I think a lot of people are going to enjoy it, even if we have lots of disagreements in a minute. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I actually, I just wanted to say I agree with you with that feel of like, it, it does feel like it's trying to set itself up for a sequel at the end, which I was like, mm-hmm. but like, I, I, I think where, where my, like my disappointment comes from it is, you know, cause again, back to my, 
the best sci-fi film at this time is is independent film, particularly foreign independent sci-fi. Like the UK is like the king of independent sci-fi, and this was Australian. I want to say, I think when I looked it up on IMDb, it came out of Australia. Yeah, and like, so I think. And it may not be the most fair criticism, but considering that it's it's an independent film, I wanted to see it go further and push harder with its concepts because it felt like when it started go- going tropey, it was kind of like going the safe and expected route. And it wasn't being like, I'm independent film. I don't fucking owe anyone. I'm going to go as like horse dicks out weird as sorry to bother you or, you know. That's kind of what I want from my independent film. Yeah, I mean, you're making me think a lot of... I don't know if Train to uh, Baton is is in, an indie film, but I think part of why that film has had such a huge impact on the horror market, is, and specifically zombies, is because the take that it offers is really compelling and at times very brutal. Well, because Train to Busan is, is a foreign film, so... I mean, kind of like the line between foreign and indie gets weird because a lot of foreign film is like government supported, but basically anything that that is free from the shackles of the American studio system tends to get to do a lot more interesting stuff if it has the balls to do it, so to speak. The horse dick to do it. I don't know. The potential is there anyway. The potential, yeah. Well, okay, I guess this is the time then that we should put up that spoiler wall. Which means right here, Jen's going to put some stuff that goes boop, boop, meaner, 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 meaner. Okay, so now that the spoiler wall is up, we are free to say anything we want and don't have to be super cagey about specific details. And so... I would like to turn to, I think, Jen and Alex, you both have a fairly similar thing that you wanted to talk about. So I'll jump to, I guess, Jen to start, and then Alex maybe will butt into that conversation (laughs) and add a whole lot more. (laughs) We're actually, I think, speaking on two entirely different subjects uh, based on what I read of Alex's discussion on Twitter. In that the thing that I'm actually most interested about this film that kind of brought up during my general impression, and that is the fact that this is a situation in which the AI has been reversed from what the normal trope is. And which is to say that for the most part in cinematic history of AI killing humanity to save humanity, for the most part, by the way, that's the massive spoiler That's what Mother is doing, literally. If you haven't seen the film and still are listening to the discussion, the big twist is that Mother has raised, well, actually only two humans previously, because one of them she just got rid of in the beginning and gave to actual people, apparently. Um, But the previous one did not live up to her expectations. She may or may not have actually been responsible for the destruction of the entire planet in the first place. I think it's implied very strongly that, I mean, she basically comes down and out and says, like, yeah, humans suck. The only way to save you was basically raise the planet and start over. Right. I I tend to agree that there's enough subtext that it's basically not subtext anymore. And and from there, she decides that to, because she loves humanity still, she just thinks that humanity in their current iteration are not living up to their full potential, essentially. And so therefore, she has to raise a new crop of humans that basically are there to look out for each other and the planet that they live on, presumably. And so in the course of that, she has at this point raised Raised two humans, one to the age of our main protagonist, which is daughter, and one to just a baby who she gave away at birth, and one to maybe seven or eight. Uh, and that one failed and therefore was destroyed. <laughs> That's not terrifying. Wait, I, I have a point. I want to I want to put a point in here before you continue. Yes, I I took it that there's a missing embryo. So there's four. There's no. There's... It's, it's it's just three. Yeah, daughter is three. Because there there's the one that's definitely dead because she finds the jaw in the ash. 
Right. Yeah. And then there's the one, and, and like, I'm not even sure what order they were in because that was not clear, but there's the one that becomes the lady woman that comes in. Is, is, is that explicit though? I, I kept, th- I'm, I'm thinking back and forth whether or not that was actually number one or not. I think it is based on the fact that, so the number of days and, What's interesting here is I actually, the, my first watching, I paid no attention to that number at all. So I didn't realize how long it had been, which gives a totally different impression of, you know, the series of events. And also was much more fun to an extent because then you get to discover who woman is. Oh, yeah, you're right. It, it Age-wise, yeah, she had to be number one because it's been 38 years. It's, yeah, it's been 38 years. And so you are let, I mean... Hillary is not 38 years old, but (laughs) she appears approximately 38. So good genes and all that. She's had a rough Uh, life. So yes. (laughs) Right. So yes, you have daughter is number three. Number two was destroyed in the uh, incinerator. Uh, Number two is, interestingly enough, probably the one that put the stickers on to mother. And keep in mind that number three never questions that. So there's just a little detail. That they either fucked up on or, you know, willfully ignorant, uh, so to speak. But my general point that I think is really fascinating is, as in prior films that have basically the same premise, the AI is either not gendered or is very specifically male gendered. So in Prometheus, you have father creator God, right? Um in Terminator, it's definitely just Destroyer, but eventually it actually becomes sort of a father figure in one of the movies. <laughs> uh, but it's Destroyer and very masculine, and Skynet is never really gendered, but it's definitely not gendered feminine nor maternal. Hal, obviously, masculine figure. This is the first time, aside from Gladys who is never portrayed as maternal, ever. But she is in in sort of that space. So, I ha- and I hadn't thought of that until Paul mentioned Cake is a Lie. Um, and then you have Ava from Ex Machina. And Ava is more the maiden slash whore sort of position in relation to the people uh, that in, in relation to humanity and definitely in relation to the people watching the film. So I think it's really fascinating that they chose to frame I and Mother as a AI that is maternal. And therefore, is she working from a much more maternal love space? How are we supposed to read into that if we do read that into what is happening? And clearly, based on mostly just her final action where she touches the brother, she has in some way the capability to feel. Whether or not that's just something that, again, the audience reads into what is happening, or if it's actually a little bit more than subtext within the film, and, you know, we are supposed to believe that she does actually have feelings, I'm not sure. Maybe it is just because she's maternal. Maybe it is because her voice does actually have a little bit more inflection than the normal AI that we are given in a lot of other films. So that's the thing that I thought was the most fascinating distortion or, you know, twist on the trope. And so I'm kind of curious how you guys feel about that in general. I mean, I will say that it was very... Very refreshing to have a female robot for once where oh God. the movie yes. wasn't about a man fucking the female robot. I really yeah, liked that. Yeah, that was nice. <laughs> so I actually thought of another movie that has a female AI that that engages in, and you haven't used the phrase yet, although I think Alex will, if not Alex will, then I will, the zero with law of robotics. And that movie would be the Will Smith movie, iRobot. Okay, so yes. Um, however, I mean, Vicky does exist with an iRobot, but I don't remember if the engagement is with Vicky as a maternal figure until the end. I haven't seen that movie in so long. It, it is at the end. 
Okay, it is at the end, and then and then she's seen as sort of, you know, and I'm going to have to watch that again, because I don't remember her being portrayed as anything other than the avenging woman. No, she perceives herself as fulfilling a, a, a parental role. Yeah, she's going to okay. be the mother of humanity. She's going to make everything right. Right. My question then is, how does the film portray her? Because she has her own opinions about how she exists. But how does the film engage with her? Both. The film's going through Will Smith's point of view. And of course, Will Smith thinks you've just got to die. So it's 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 very right. it's very differently skewed than this one where we, we don't have any male characters except for a baby. So we can actually explore different, different uh, genderizations of AI. So... Right. And so again, to me, that was the most fascinating thing about this movie, especially when put into comparison with all of the other similar films that are enacting that law that are destroying humanity in order to save them. And obviously, Matrix does not count because those robots destroy humanity just to destroy humanity. Not all of them. It depends which ones you're talking to. Oh, you're talking about the AI. Yeah, the AI within the, the program. True. And that's... But the Matrix has complicated it. Well, yeah, because it's big philosophical concepts of choice, etc. that are in the Matrix. And it's... While there there's an argument to be made that there are clear uh, maternal and paternal figures among the AI, specifically the Architect and the Oracle, they their roles are less explicitly intended to be motherly or maternal as in the case of I am mother which makes it abundantly clear that that this this is a mother robot yes. filling a specific role of motherhood right and i i think that's that's what i i found most fascinating about i am mother yeah i'm not familiar with any other stories that do it like this lots of stories that probably presented as an idea either a minor thought or, or otherwise but this is the only one I can think of that does it as much as as the dominant narrative point. Um, so it's it it is certainly interesting, right? I I mean I think we we've seen female and maternal AI before. That's that's not what I'm arguing is new. What I'm arguing it is new is the specific use of the trope of destroying mankind to save mankind as a maternal action and our engagement with that AI as framed as a maternal figure. I mean, this this kind of goes into what I wanted to talk about, because I do agree that specifically the framework of mother knows best, and apparently what mothers knows best to do is murder all of humanity in order to save it. That is slightly different. But the actual trope of and an AI as an act of benevolence decides that the only way to to save humanity is to basically destroy it is not really that unusual. <laughs> right. No, I don't think that's unusual at all. And, and I mean, when Karina and I were sitting down to watch this, we were like, oh, hey, cool. It's, it's a movie with robots. And then it was like, oh, the robot's going to be evil. Well... That got less interesting because most of the time, <laughs> since so many of these movies are about our anxieties, about our, you know, our creations ultimately destroying us, when there's something about a robot or an AI, you're like, 85% of the time, the AI or the robot is going to turn out to be evil in some way. But I would argue that this film is not necessarily portraying her, it as necessarily evil oh no disagree i mean if the film is positing that genocide is not evil we have an entirely different problem to talk about i mean granted <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but i think you have to look at it with the internal structure that's occurring here which is it's not the trolley problem but it's more specifically the transplant problem and if you ignore that then yes pure evil 100 percent, no question but within the internal framework of this film, I would argue that it's arguing she is not. Which, granted, is a major problem, obviously. But I don't know if that question is answered. Even when daughter inevitably takes on the function of being mother. 
I think the movie actually definitively does indicate that there is a problem with it because of our two human characters, it's heavily implied that Mother is going to go murder Hillary Swank and then to kind of like complete the transfer of motherhood, which would be an interesting discussion that that is not what the one I'm going to have. You know, basically daughter has to kill mother and take over. Yeah. So I don't think that the movie is coming from the standpoint that mother is totally right to have committed a small genocide on humanity. I would even add to that that there are certain visual cues that strongly suggest that, that don't begin they don't appear in the beginning because in the beginning i think it's fairly like this is a benevolent ai it's doing the right thing it's because it because it is trying to build up for oh this is a happy benevolent ai for the twist when you're like oh shit it committed a genocide and is manipulating daughter oh god but i think the the part for me that that like sealed it was when daughter comes back after leaving with hillary swank's um woman uh, and immediately runs into a big wall of droids. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, was screaming. That was like some Star Wars level shit. Yeah. It was screaming, yeah, stormtroopers, a sort of fascistic level of power manifest through through soldiers, in this case, droid soldiers. Uh, and that was the moment where I went, there is no redeemingness in, in this character. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, it basically almost solidly also puts... The relationship between mother and daughter as a sort of, you know, very manipulative one, because basically the setup is yeah. at the end, um, mother's like using her robot army to cut through the door, which I was very confused as to why that was happening, but we'll set that aside for now. Yeah, I, I was, I, I was, I was really confused by that too. Yeah, but it's like this, this very implicit threat of violence until mother gets what she wants from daughter. And then she's like, okay, we're cool. Go ahead and shoot me. So I think what that is, is uh, mother is very much preparing that if daughter does not fulfill the like path I have set up for her, I will be getting rid of her like I got rid of the others. And then brother will be the next or maybe they get rid of that one and start over from scratch. Uh, that seemed to be based on what we're, we've been revealed that mother has awakened or birthed other humans that didn't work out quote unquote and then got rid of them um as far as we know it's just the one uh but still so that that to me was that's what i thought that was was that this that whole sequence was necessary for the narrative that mother wanted to fulfill which i guess makes the very very ending part which is i i didn't like that where uh hillary swank's character woman is just minding her own business out in the middle of nowhere, and then uh, a droid, which is clearly Mother, because Mother's a consciousness shared across multiple entities, shows up, and it is strongly suggested that a uh, woman is going is going to be murdered because her purpose has been fulfilled, which was effectively to, I guess, get daughter to rebel and take on the role of Mother. Yeah, I, I was very confused by that. So, to me, that entire thing is the lesson, the inevitable lesson that mother is trying to teach daughter is that the mini is more important than few, right? Utilitarianism. Exactly. So, uh, Hillary Swank basically exists for daughter to make a connection with the few. And inevitably, she chooses the mini and sacrifices the few. That's exi- literally all the reason that woman exists for and it works admirably i mean she does fulfill her purpose yeah i guess for me i would have preferred that the end point of this narrative was a daughter shooting mother and leaving the the what comes next phase of this unanswered because i think it's it there's a lot more to be to like to question and think about in that final act of killing mother and then taking on the role of mother, uh, as that there's just so much in that that doesn't. It just kind of feels like it cheapens it to pull us away from it and suggest that this is all one big grand scheme on the part of mother. It it's more interesting to me if we leave it at daughter makes a choice and what the hell does that choice actually mean? Now it seems like that choice is not actually a choice. It is a manipulation. <laughs> okay, see, actually, I'm gonna, I'm gonna disagree with you on that one, Sean. I actually do like the fact that mother has basically become a deterministic mechanism. 
Yeah. Because that's kind of like the 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 circumference of the AI's sort of evil destruction of humanity's free will because free will, blah, 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 whatever. And then we're going to turn everything into a utilitarian fuck nightmare. The only thing that I actually didn't really care for with the ending is it the ending where it left off left me going, okay, there's going to be an I am mother too, because that is how it felt. And, and it didn't feel like it like ended ended, but I actually was like, okay, cool. You know, every, you know, this, this poor human is going to get to wonder how much of her choices have actually been her choices and how much of her has been, how much of it has been being manipulated by this horrible AI. And, you know, that's fine. It's a thriller. Okay. Sounds good. Except that I don't think she, I don't think daughter has actually ever really been given a reason to question how much she's been, been manipulated to an extent. Yes. But she doesn't know why Hillary Swank exists at all. She is never actually led to understand that that's who Hillary Swank is. And obviously she doesn't know that that woman is inevitably murdered by mother. None of that. That's all happening off screen to daughter. Yeah, but there's plenty of other evidence about like how how much of this is the robot forcing me into doing things like the entire like shit's melting through the door. The ticking tie bomb. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, because to an extent, I'm looking at this as a mother and kind of recognizing how much of parenting is manipulation, not like as focused manipulation as maybe mother in the movie is going through, but a lot of teaching a child is framing choices in a very small sphere And then letting them learn within that, right? Like you give them a very small world to exist in and learn from. No, that's true. So I don't know if daughter, I I don't know. I mean, she might not have the capacity because she just lacks the framework to understand it. Whereas the audience can truly, with our our full capacity, understand the horror of her situation. I mean, that's right. Your point is well taken. And considering the fact that how much she mourns mother, like she loves mother, that that is never a question here. She is, for a portion of it, afraid of mother, but I think that fear does not at any point conquer her love of mother. And mother, even at the very end, is shown as sacrificing herself so that her daughter can become, can live up to her full potential. Well, sacrificing a portion of herself. Right. It's symbolic. Yeah, it's not really a sacrifice. I mean, I mean, for for me, the 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 ending is much more dystopic horror than may, maybe has been explicit on the podcast at this point. I mean, yes, she destroyed that AI construct of mother, but it, mother is a gigantic distributed AI. I mean, she 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 beat this one thing, but there's still a gigantic ai out there that she's basically living under I, I, and I, and now i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm going to bring up god because we we do yes. we, we we do see mother we do see woman praying but we don't we don't see we don't see mother or daughter talk about god but but at the end if you think about it what 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 daughter is basically is kind of like an abraham figure with isaac as her as the ba- as the baby's son and mother, even though you've destroyed that one manifestation, that one ideolon of God, is still out there. And I mean, mother could just build another mother and another robot in, in five minutes if she wanted to. So, so she's basically living under a new Old Testament God who who could wipe the earth in another flood anytime she wants to. Right. It is a vengeful God for sure. A vengeful Old Testament God, for sure, that that daughter is now living under as a as as a, as an Abraham figure for Isaac. I'm not going to go with Adam and Eve because there's no Adam here. So yeah, and and I don't remember I I don't remember anything about the Bible, so I don't understand completely the Abraham reference. Abraham was asked to sacrifice the son, her, his son. Oh, oh, okay, right. I so yes, obviously there is a dystopic. Uh, reading of the entire system, right? Like that's clear. I, I I would not say it's a reading. I would say it is fairly explicit that this is a dystopian situation. This is a dystopian situation. However, again, I don't think daughter has 
she doesn't have the external framework to view it as a dystopia. And so even though the, the killing of mother is symbolic, essentially, I think she knows it's symbolic that she hasn't killed mother. Mother is very clear that she is everywhere and in everything. And she has decided to exist within that system. I mean, it doesn't matter if daughter doesn't know she's in a dystopia the whole, because characters in dystopias often do not know they are in a dystopia because they don't know any other society. The whole point is that the audience knows that it's a dystopia. Right. We definitely know. <laughs> I would also argue very strongly that daughter knows because once she hears what mother has done to humanity, I, I think it's yeah. a pretty clear point at that point of like mother's kind of an evil ass. One would hope after all of the ethics training that mother has given daughter, that daughter would be like, a genocide is not a good thing. <laughs> Even if it's a small genocide, you barely genocided us at all. Yeah, this is not nice. And yet, the best place for daughter at the end, I mean, she comes back to the facility because look what's, I mean, look what's left of the earth afterwards. I mean, we don't see the mines, although we can gather that they're dark and not, and life is brutish and short there. We see... So we see woman living in a cargo container on a Australian beach somewhere, and we have some rows of corn because mother is apparently re-terraforming the earth. So the only place that daughter can exist to raise her brother is inside the heart of uh-huh. the facility. That's really that's the, that's the best place for her. Yeah, in the heart of mother. In the heart and of mother. Given what she is taught about what humanity was. I mean, look back at the question she asked as a child. Or not the question, but the, the point that she raises is, I don't want to be human because they destroyed everything, right? That's one of the earliest lines that we are given from daughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but motherfucking destroyed everything. Yes. Right. <laughs> well, did she, though? Like, I mean, we're given that impression, but or did she speed up the inevitable conclusion of humanity destroying themselves? I don't know. I mean, I just ha- I just have a really hard time believing that if Mother is that big of a fan of utilitarianism, that 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 the the, the furthest application of utilitarianism is killing all humans know, because right? at that point there's no greater hole to maximize the happiness of. I, I mean, there is that, and maybe it's a flawed reading, but I don't think. Also, given the fact that the woman describes humans as doing horrible things to each other within the minds there's that too like i said i was kind of like oh great it's another evil ai story and it kind of goes along the line of i don't know if if this is i'm disappointed in the movie for not kind of going to the furthest extent of what it should have touched on or if it's me bringing in my own baggage and i'm disappointed it wasn't a different movie but like This is not the first benevolent AI that decides the only way to destroy humanity or to save humanity is to basically destroy it and then do eugenics effectively. The pro, the basic problem that I have with that trope is that it treats this as something the AI arrived at either as you know, a logical conclusion from having access to data and just putting it all together or apparently mother's obsession with utilitarianism and it doesn't really go into the idea that you know the whole like seeking human perfection thing is entirely a racist and ableist construct that comes from within humanity so it's like if the robots are thinking that the way to save humanity is to wipe the slate clean and then do fucking eugenics They didn't come up with that because they're super hyper-intelligent and logical. They came up with that because they were created by fucking racist and ableist people. Yeah. Yep. Yep. 100%. And that point is never fucking made. And it was not made here either because Mother's just like, let's talk about utilitarianism and my variation on the trolley problem. So she is presented as being like a moral and ethical authority. And, you know, insert joke here about nobody likes moral philosophers. But the lead that is buried or the question that the movie is never really brave enough to ask is how did she come to that conclusion? Because it is not a logical conclusion of the ethics she is espousing. And, and, and I do appreciate that, 
you know, basically, woman is kind of like, oh yeah, humans, they were pretty fucking terrible in the mines. I had to get the the hell away from them. Like, I, I actually like that better as a sort of complication to the storyline than, you know, the general one of, like, the scrappy human resistance who's like, but free will is the best! Why are you, cr- why are you committing genocide on us? But it's just the entire construct of, of this benevolent AI is... Flawed? It's it's so flawed. So, and, and so flawed, so yes. Flawed. And it's never deeply, deeply considered enough, and I think I'm disappointed that this movie didn't look deeper into it. I agree 100 million percent. That's all I'm saying. That was my biggest problem with this film. Alex mentioned the trolley problem, and I found that really interesting at the beginning, that we, some of our first interactions with uh, teenage daughter is to basically going through these ethical exercises and, and then this, and then mother's talking about the test and the test. And I kept, I kept thinking, well, what's this test? And then w- the brief amounts where we actually get to see her take the test is, is a foreshadowing that if daughter isn't raised ethically, she's going to do something bad. And then we find out that she must, she killed the original daughter at probably a relatively young age. So mother is, fucking part of my language scary in that you brought up eugenics alex it's like she, she's trying to she's trying to breed an ethical human by genetics and by uh and, and by and by training at the same at the same time and unethical behavior <laughs> and, and, yes yeah. and, and unethical behavior i mean it's a paradox you you you, you yourself have committed genocide and you're trying to tr- train a, an ethical human and to your standard it's 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 a completely bonkers idea it works but it's like i i'm just wondering how did mother come up with this as the solution as you said how like why would you think that training ethics is the way to do that to train a better human like but the the scarier question paul that the scarier question that you should think about is what what is it that we're supposed to learn from the fact that from mother's perspective it was in fact a success <laughs> that to me is much more terrifying <laughs> we also think about this so 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 we all we, t- we talked about how woman is probably uh embryo number 1 that means mother's been holding that card basically for for years waiting for a chance to basically use woman against a daughter raised to the point of a maturity where she has to face the logical problem of the few versus the many, the many being the embryos, obviously, and the new humanity, the few being the woman and the people in the caves. It's, it's twisted. It's, it, it, it's like, has mother been really thinking up that thing that far ahead? In which case, when she locks, when she locks daughter in that room, she's, a, she's expecting her to get out. With use the nitrogen. She, 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 it's, it, it's, it's another test. She's not, Binding there, she said, "Like, well, can you can you get out given what I've given you?" It's, it's, it's a continual world of puzzles, which brings me back to the whole portal, portal two and Gladys sort of thing. Because because in Portal and Portal two, I mean, Gladys is mercilessly testing and and training tra- training this our protagonist who you play. And as we go through, especially into Portal two, we get to see a little more where Gladys came from. Gladys came from a human, so I'm wondering. Going back to what Alex was asking, where did where did this AI get its get its ethical system? Because it's obviously been programmed that way. I'm wondering, maybe it got it from a human mind. It, it I mean, I mean, or or interpreted it from from human inputs. Or yeah, right, right. So so it, so it came from a flawed premise, and so it got came. So it came up with this flawed idea that to save humanity, I'm going to have to execute the zero with law of robotics, which means the good of humanity outweighs the good of any individual human. So that means I'm going to kill all the humans except 65,000 embryos, and I'm going to start from scratch, which which brings me uncomfortably in mind the whole, you guys all know who Patrick Tomlinson is. He's, yeah. when, he, when he's been d- dealing with trolls, he said, well, what's more important, saving five five human embryos or one person? Oh, you're thinking the abortion uh, uh thing that he he made about the uh person in an abortion clinic when it's on fire, right? And, and uh, I'm I'm comfortably was reminded of that and thinking about the sixty five thousand human embryos that obviously mother is training daughter to think of as the many versus the few being the woman and presumably any other human survivors that she should be choosing side with. 
Oh, yeah. There mm. is unfortunately a very strong pro-life argument going on in this film, I think. Yeah. And I didn't think of it until I read a like a review by some Christian website that was like, this is totally a pro-life film. And I was like, what? No. Oh, oh shit. Yeah, th- um. <laughs> there's, there's a really weird string. Okay, so here's a question I had. So are we meant to think that the genetic variation between the embryos is relatively small? That In fact, they really are brothers and sisters because Hilary Swank and the actress who plays the daughter look relatively alike. So Yeah, I noticed that too. It was that deliberate choice that, I mean, we're basically getting very small genetic variants on the same thing, which would make sense because mother is trying to control for teaching ethics with this, and if she's going with a limited genetic pool, then that makes sense. She's trying to perfect her methods mm-hmm. of teaching ethics to people with presumably the same genetic predisposition for intelligence. I'm putting big, pretty big quotes around this, so you know the whole problems of that is. I mean, am, am I wrong in dragging that into this as well? I don't think this film is necessarily arguing that genetics trumps. Uh, experience what are the, what are the two that nature first nurture it, it, i think it's it's definitely making a nurture argument rather than a nature argument i think sure, i think it's definitely making the nurture argument uh, so i think the purpose for casting two actors that looked very similar was to trick us into thinking as that potentially these are more clones than they are you know genetically diverse I don't even think it was that. I think it was just giving us the visual shorthand so that when Mother shows up and is like, hey, yo, you were totally one of my kids. You don't remember your mom, do you? And like, da, 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 for us to be like, oh, oh. yeah, that's super believable. I, I think that's the purpose of it. That's why they look so similar. Yeah, and I think there's also something to be said just for daughter to identify with woman. You know, mm. like, there's... Unfortunately, similarity does breed empathy. And depending, actually, maybe that's a nature versus nurture question. I don't know. Maybe she's never trained one way or another in that field. It would be a real question about what would daughter consider similarity anyway, because she's literally never been around any other humans. Except that she's watched Johnny Carson all these years. How does that play into things? I don't know. I couldn't figure out what was the whole point of this tonight show. What was what was what was that? What is that supposed to mean? I'm going to guess it's because they could get it for cheap or free, <laughs> like a lot of uh, the music. Yes, uh, that's that's my take. Oh, <laughs> uh, it, it it just just seems so incongruous compared to everything else. I mean, we get. I mean, it the, does. the book that woman. Where did the, where did woman find the book? Probably in the mines. That's it's Negro Rice Burroughs book. Did you notice? Mm-hmm. No, I didn't. Yeah, it was, it was one of the Mars books. It wasn't Princess of Mars. It was one of the other ones. Yeah, huh. I noticed. Huh. Huh. So I'm not sure we're supposed to read into those at all, that at all either, or it's just random stuff. I think what we're getting at is that, that this film seems to have lots of little details that make it rewatchable. Oh, for sure. <laughs> because, because a lot of the questions we're literally asking right now are like, what does this <laughs> small yeah. detail mean? What does this thing mean? And it's like, we all watched it once, probably, <laughs> except Jen. I, I saw it twice, <laughs> but um, I think that's really what is one of the things that makes this a genuinely good science fiction film. There is a lot to talk about. Sure. There is a lot of details that you can, if you want to, sort of squirm over. Like, what 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 are the images mean that she is portrayed during her test? Paul mentioned, you know, that, that, that Mary... Uh, is is a reference point for woman in this, but we also see, I believe it's Buddha and some other images that cross across the screen and bugs uh-huh. and other yep. things that I haven't even like paused and examined yet. And oh my god, I could totally do that. Like, there's a lot. Oh, I do want to know also when daughter's taking the test. Um, a couple the couple of the written questions that I saw. <gasps> yes. I have literally taken that test. Have it's you? a standard psychological personality test. Uh. Oh, so this is the point at which I'm gonna I'm gonna have to insist that we wrap this up because 
I, I, I don't want it to be six hours long. And I swear to God, we are at the point now where we kind of all want to turn the movie on and be like, let's have like a fucking commentary. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, obviously, it's got a lot of decent meat to it if we're going to sit yeah. here and argue about, you know, the, the genocidal AI and ethics and stuff. Nope, nope, nope. Stop. And I'm going to use this as a segue to Alex giving final thoughts of what they thought about the movie. Because because we could talk forever. So, Alex, please give us your final thoughts. Yeah, like I said, it's obviously got a lot of meat to it. It got it went tropey in a way that didn't work for me just because personally, I'm really fucking tired of evil AI. And, you know, the, the benevolent AI deciding to commit a genocide to save humanity works for me actually way less than, you know, the AI who who symbolically destroys man as man would like to destroy God for putting us into a cruel and uncaring world like that. I actually find that one a lot more believable. But it was interesting. There's obviously a lot to talk about. So, you know, I'll totally give it a B. All right. Very solid. All right. Then we will throw it to you, Paul. Final thoughts and grade. I was a little less harsh on this. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm just not as nuanced a film reviewer and critic. I enjoyed the visuals. I liked all the, all the references and the things I was able to, to connect with it. I think it's a really strong three person conflict and narrative and dialogue. I, I mean, I mean, the movie, the, the movie starts off fine with, with mother and daughter, but when a woman shows up, the movie really sings as far as showing the conflict between those three characters and what they want and what they need and, what they're all trying to get each other and what they're hiding from each other. And I'm, I'm going, I'm going to give it a, I'm going to, I'm going to be generous again. I'm going to give it a B plus because, because yet, yet there, there, there are some questions about, about some of the setup, but I, I really enjoyed it. I want to watch it again to catch some of the details and see what I, see what I did miss and maybe I can make more sense out of it. Totally fair grade, Paul. All right. Jen, final thoughts and grade. So I obviously found a lot to love about this film. I think it was, in terms of execution, it was basically perfect. Again, loved the aesthetic. I I had no issues with the cinematography, thought it was beautifully done. The robot itself is amazing, especially when contrasted with the voice of Rose Byrne, because it is not, it is a terrifying robot. Uh, or it can be, especially when you see the same robot outside holding a gun. Lots of them. The suit work that the actor did who played the robot himself was brilliant. Basically flawless. Luke Hawker, God, so good. Um, the movement of, of Mother was chef's kiss perfection in terms of, of, uh, costume work. And I think this is the most that we've argued about a film on at the movies in a while which i think on its own speaks very highly of it because we're not necessarily in disagreement about the quality of the film this time what we're in disagreement about is sort of the implications of what's happening or rather not even disagreeing but wanting to talk about it even more than we can in this one short podcast And so for that reason, I have to give it an A because I think it's a really meaty film that I will probably be watching repeatedly. Okay, well, you have a stomach that I don't have because I I like Ex Machina a lot. I believe I gave that an A. Uh, But that is a film like I, I, there's so much meat in that movie, but I'm not going to watch that all the time because that's a... No, because that's a major rape fantasy and I will never watch it again. It it has problems. It certainly has problems. Yeah. But I guess on that note, uh, my final thoughts, uh, yeah, I, I kind of agree with what everyone else is saying, that that I think the fact that whatever we thought about this film going into it, the fact that we sat here and just, like, haggling over, like, very minute details says a lot about the quality of the film that maybe, at least for myself, did not consider really before coming here. Uh, and I think this is a thing that happens a lot on this show where like, I'll watch a movie and I'll have a sort of like, yeah, it was fine. And then I'll get on here and talk and I'll be like, Oh, there's so much I should have been like really sort of acknowledging. So for that reason, I think that this film, I would give it a pretty strong B plus. I think it is a really interesting film. It's got a lot to talk about. 
it does have a rewatch ability, though, though you ha- I think you, I have to be in the mood to rewatch it, uh, because I, I'm probably just going to go back to watching the Fast and Furious movies because they're dumb, uh, and they just make me giggle inside. Uh, so yeah, so I think it's worth watching, though. I think if you've got Netflix, this is one of the Netflix films you, you need to just, you need to get into your brain hole. I agree. So, so we average exactly out to a B plus. Yes! Woo! Woo! Awesome. Nice. I love when Paul does letter math. It's the best kind of math. <laughs> <laughs> and he does it so fast. I remember I when know. I was trying to do it in Dublin and I was like, what's the C word? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we missed you, Paul. It's like one of Paul's like really super did. unique skills that is only useful for this show. <laughs> yeah, it, it doesn't have much equitability aqu- anywhere in the world except this. <laughs> Well, perfect. So uh, if you all have thoughts, you can send us messages at skiffyandfanny at gmail.com or at Twitter at skiffyandfanty. If you've seen the movie, please let us know what you thought. Um, you can obviously support the show at patreon.com slash skiffyandfanty uh, and obviously give us reviews on the iTunes. Find us on uh, YouTube at our youtube.com slash skiffyandfanty. Yeah, for our booktube stuff. Uh, there's there's some fun stuff on there. And I think that's everything. everything? Most of everything. Good enough for me. What am I missing? A newsletter at skiffyandfanty.com slash newsletter. Yeah, a newsletter. Also, that, that's a thing that Jen, I guess, kind of does or whatever. Like, you can go there at skiffyandfanty.com slash newsletter or whatever. You know, if you want to subscribe, that's fine. Thanks. You're welcome. So, uh, <laughs> on that note, you know, while I'm sabotaging Jen's life, awkward ending and scene. You're welcome, citizens. You're welcome. Bye! If you would like to support this show, you can go to patreon.com slash skiffyandfanty or find us on Twitter at skiffyandfanty, our webpage skiffyandfanty.com, or you can even send us an email at skiffyandfanty at gmail.com. The intro music for this podcast was taken from Rock Thing by Creo. You can find out more about their music on freemusicarchive.org.